Welcome, welcome everybody to another workshop in the kiln. I'm happy to have you all here with me today to discuss the next principle in the GM's oath, specifically principle number seven, I will lift them up and vanish. We've been doing so well so far this year, having our workshops on various things, but also continuing our study of the oath. Can't believe it. We've been going on for so long and it's just, we're getting really close. We only got two more after this one. So come October, we'll be done with the oath and I'll have to figure out something else to talk about. But again, we're, we're excited and I hope that we can have some fun discussing this principle. It's one of my favorites. In fact, just because it's so clear in a sense of what it's trying to get at. And it's so poignant to the experience at the table. But let's read over the, uh, the at least the master edition version of this. And it says, I will lift them up and vanish. The story is not about you. It's about heroes. You are only visible when there's no other way. And you are the player's biggest fan. Never outshine them and your work is a path to their greatness, never your own. As usual with the GM's oath, that is very strong language. And the very first thing, the story is not about you. I feel is a really good reminder of of this for GMs, not because I think when Hank wrote this, I don't I don't think it's it's necessarily bad, you know, GMs are players too, which is, you know, what they're not getting at. But but remembering that this is a community or a social activity. Um, yes, the GM has that extra responsibility to plan, to prep, to present the story, and to run everyone through it as arbitrator, arbit arbiter and all that. But remembering that the story is not about you. It's about the heroes in the story. It's allowing the players to take on the role as the central characters in their own little movie that's happening in their minds and that's that's probably one of the most at least to me some of the most fulfilling aspects of gming is presenting a story that players can experience as they you know go through it like they're in a movie where they can be the the, the antagonist protagonist yes not the antagonist the protagonist um and really present you know this experience and that's where i think we can really look to and just re just remembering that i think is often enough to keep us um keep us straight when it comes to where our focus should be now i will lift them up and vanish let's let's talk about a couple things uh, with that one and then how to do it because like i mentioned we're our players biggest fans it's not about you as a GM. You want to provide opportunities to be for players to be heroes, and there's an element of consideration to this uh, as as a play as a GM, making sure that you lift them up and vanish. Now I'm going to give you an example of this not happening, okay? and and we'll probably touch on this in the actual how how tos or my tips for how to do this. Yes, uh, players often do choose to be the antagonist, uh, so. When I was first starting out in gaming and RPGs, uh, well, it was it really was my very my very first small campaign. We had a we had a GM, and the whole premise of the adventure was you we needed to get 
we were the the party i was coming in late to the to the campaign because i was brand new and they invited me in so the party was traveling through the mountains and they were trying to get into this cave and at the bottom of the cave was this portal to the demon world uh and there was this this hero that was essentially uh volunteered to stand in front or stand guard to this portal for a year and they would stand there and as long as they were standing there essentially suffering in in in, in you know continuum the portal would remain relatively closed maybe one or two demons would slip through but they were they were traveling to the to the group to that to that portal and the whole mission was they were the party was escorting this paladin to take up the, the mantle for for the next year of of this thing well this paladin was the gm's pc it was an npc but the whole story was about this paladin the gm's players we were we were simply the escorting party to this paladin helping them get down to that portal and relieve the other hero or whatever and you could tell throughout the whole time yeah the gm pc like that you could tell the whole time that the paladin was several levels above us they could do everything and, and above like there was no any any time the party would get in you know sticky situation like the paladin would save the day and it's like wait you know good for you um and yeah in, in the end it, it just kind of like really stuck with me from the very beginning of my of my uh gming or my rpg time is that it's not about the GM. It, it really showed me really bad that it's not about the GM. It's about the players. And so I think that's probably why this is this is so poignant. And I don't think he considered what that experience was. He was telling a cool story for sure, but he wasn't being he wasn't considering what our experience was, what the perception was, and he wasn't always providing us opportunities to be heroes because he would just kind of swoop in and save the day rather than let us kind of test our grit and our metal to to pull through. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is that's that's where I think we're at least with the GM's oath and what what Hankerin presented in this section is that's the kind of the feeling that we're trying to avoid, and that's why it's part of the oath is to remember that, that it's not about the GM. It's not about the GM PC. It's not about telling a story that's meant for the GM. It's a story meant for the players, and it's an experience meant for the players. And and if we keep that in mind, we can usually get by with no problems it's not this is not one of those things where you're like in this gray area he's like am i doing it am i not doing it? it's like if you're it's pretty obvious if you're if you're not doing it and if if you're asking the question am i doing it or am i not doing it like do a quick check with your players or just do a quick like self-evaluation and in likelihood you're probably just fine and then we can focus on elevating how well or how much are we lifting up our players and vanishing in a way to make them really shine. And that's where we should be really focusing. But um, I have some ideas of how to do it. I, I know these workshops, I, you know, I don't want to wax poetic in the sense of just rambling and, you know, theory. I want to give actual applications of ways that we can all step up our game a little bit when it comes to this principle. So how do you do it? How do you lift up players and then vanish as the GM? Well, the very first kind of things, like I've mentioned, is make make the game about the players. 
And I've got some tips on how to do that. We've already covered the avoid the GM PC or the GM and NPC. And that's, that's a really easy one to just check yourself on constantly. Like whenever you introduce an NPC, like find ways, like if they're part of the party or if they're just introduced or whatever, like be aware of their stats or if they do, if they do have stats or be aware of their impact on the game and make sure that they are supporting the party rather than replacing the party in, in certain ways. Sure, you can have an NPC that is that has a clutch ability, but it's like, let the players decide when to use it or let the players decide how they want to interact with the with the NPC. It's, it's a lot more fun when they get a little bit more control of the NPC. Uh, not, not to a point of like changing the story or whatever, like you do want to have like, this is the person you're interacting with. Like, they're not just Play-Doh, but yeah. Um, this is why one of the things that I really like to do is my N NPCs, I consider them as loot. Um, GM Grizzly has a great article about this. He goes a little bit more in depth than I like to go. But treating your NPCs like loot allows you to kind of give them to your players and say, here's the, the minor benefit that they get. You, If you have... If the GM, if the if this P NPC is with you, you get a plus one to this stat. Um, they're a range, you know, they're a ranger that you get a plus one to your wisdom whenever you're rolling because you're friends with them. And if you want, instead of your action, you can enact one of the actions that the ranger, the NPC can do, and that's your turn. Like it, it turns it into a loot item. And if you are kind of worried that that it might be abused, one of the GM, one of GM Grizzly's advices is that before you can start using the the NPC as loot you have to earn their friendship and this comes from first edition where you had to kind of before you get when you got a loot item you had to earn it or attune to it in a way and you had to do a certain amount of effort so if you if an NPC joins your party what you can do is you can say two hearts of health I mean two hearts of friendship effort or whatever and then as players go throughout the session they can um they can roll charisma and talk with the npc and, and commit effort to it and then any person any player who commits that amount of effort to the npc has access to their abilities um while that npc is is in the party or nearby for example so it's just it's an idea that i've enjoyed and it allows me to focus on these npcs are for the players not for me as a GM because they are essentially loot items rather than something that I'm controlling. And if players don't want to interact with them, they just sit in their inventory, quote unquote, and they wander around and I don't have to actually run them. They are just, when they want to be used, they're replacing a, a player's turn. So that's that's one of my favorite, favorite ways. And I'm also really bad at NPCs, which really leans this into, I need to include more NPCs in my game, just as a, a note to myself. Another tip is um, another tip that I would keep in mind is the the concept of asking your players uh, asking your players what they want from a game and then including it. Like you lift them up because it's there. And uh, Epic Slot JD does this really well. I, I know a lot of GMs do this really well uh, as too, but. I really like before a session starts, like during prep, is asking the question, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if, 
and then trying to get players to answer that question very specifically. I know a lot of the times players are like, ah, do whatever you want, like we're cool. It's like, well, come on, I'm trying to lift you up as a player. So wouldn't it be cool if, and then have your players actually answer, wouldn't it be cool if we were, as we were going along, there was some kind of car chase. Okay, I'll, I'll note that down and I'll see if I can include that in. Wouldn't it be cool if there was multiple levels of elevation that we could fight on in combat? Okay, I'll try to include that. Wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of explosion that was ticking down? I think that would be a really cool moment. Okay, I'll try to do that. And you can then try to incorporate these into your upcoming session or maybe into a future session but you can always be gathering data from your players by just asking hey what do you guys think would be cool and then making sure that they get familiar with the concept of wouldn't it be cool if and it really helps set the tone for players because a lot of times when you say hey guys what do you want from your games they go ah, i don't know and then they they like think they you know they can't quite phrase it in a way that makes it really actionable um, or there it doesn't like provide them like a jumping off point but when you tell when you introduce your players to the concept like look I'm gonna give you this phrase just fill in the end wouldn't it be cool if blank just fill in the blank and then tell me what what would be cool and then I will do the rest I have found that that is really helpful for players um, and that's been really helpful for me because I get to see cool things and it's not like what do you guys want to happen it's like no like you guys are still the main characters you don't quite know what the story is yet and i'm still kind of prolonging it out for what might be revealed or whatever but just wouldn't it be cool if presents small elements that you can then get your players excited about when they show up i can tell you that like when i've done like the elevation one like different levels of elevation it's like that seems like really mundane but i get really i got really excited about it when when that was included in the game to go oh there's different elevations like let's play around with that and then we got to use that as part of the thing um or a car chase or or, or whatever like i've we've seen this come out and that it's always a fun moment and players could think gonna interact with something that they thought was cool and it's something as a gm you know they're gonna think that's cool because they're the ones that told you, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And you are, yeah, you're right. That would be cool. So keep that phrase in mind. Wouldn't it be cool if? Now, the last one for making it about your players that I want to point out is when you pitch your adventures. And I've been around on the on the on the on the Discord, um, various discords for for long enough to see dozens, hundreds of pitches. For adventures and this is one that I think gets overlooked quite often and when you are pitching an adventure you also need to make sure that the pitch what you're presenting the premise the introduction your elevator pitch you know that little blurb that tells players what the story is going to be about you need to make sure or like I highly encourage you to make that pitch also about the players before you even know what who the players are you want to make sure that pitch is presented to the players and the reason i'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you an example of this and I, this is not a real example i'm not calling anybody out on this one because i because it's you know it's tricky at times but um for for example the, the biggest thing that i see often is that when a store an adventure or a session is pitched the 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 premise 
is about the world or it's about the the story that the the gm is 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 running not about the players okay so um let me let me pull back and go like relics of, relics of odium it's a slightly obscure um setting in runehammer um, but essentially the premise of the whole setting is that there is a mega dungeon in Alfheim, and it's kind of in the middle or of it's under this lake and it's around and inside this huge mech that's um that is kind of like dormant and sleeping under the ground it's crash landed millennia ago and it's just buried but now the insides of this this odium this mech is a uh, a, a mega dungeon okay now if i were to present this to my to uh, a pr perspective players um what i could do is i could say something along the lines of there is a millennia ago a mech from ironheart crashed down in the wastelands of Alfheim, and over the years it was buried and felt dormant. A lake surrounded around it, and inside are mighty relics that are enchanted with the powers of you know of this this mech um, and the magics that kept it kept it moving from distant planets and distant space, and and whatever and. It's a you know everyone who goes in there is hard to survive da 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 da, and the last line is, and you guys are gonna go inside. Awesome, woo! That you know it could it could be exciting you know the the sound of of that could be you know fun, um, the the premise of the world could be fun, but in all likelihood you know it feels different because what you just presented was not about the players. It was about the world and the setting that you you just came up with, which is cool. But instead, what you could do instead is say, okay, um, there has been word of rumblings in Odium, a, a mech, a, a landmark in Alfheim, and King Henrik has called you specifically as a party to explore what is uh, what is going on. They've asked you as mighty rangers, um, masters of the wilderness, to travel out to uh, to odium and explore what is going on you'll be charged and, and granted with mighty relics um, to take with you um, straight from the vault of king henrik himself and as you go it's to go explore and then eventually report back so that if things are truly as they are rumored you can be the ones to inform king henrik and help stem the tide of what these rumors may cause if nothing is done right we're still going to Odium, but does it feel different when I pitch the story for the players and I emphasize how the players are involved with this adventure and how they are going to be the central heroes? Does it did, did that make sense? Does that sound different? Um, for me, it does at least, and I'd love to hear from you guys um, if you have any comments on that one, but. But for me, that's that's a key key element because when I'm pitching to my 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 ventures, it's so much easier to get players excited um, and involved when you tell them how they are going to be the heroes, when they are going to be the stars, when they are going to experience something that um, that 
that can that they that they may not experience for the, the reason why they want to get to the table and one it helps keep the focus on them and two it in all honesty helps helps fill seats a little bit more um because they can they imagine i want to be that person i want to be that thing versus i don't know how i'm going to fit in right so um that's those are my my three tips for making about the players avoid the gmpc keep in mind what would be cool wouldn't it be cool if and then try to pitch your adventures for the players um, rather than the world or the story that you're that you're gonna be presenting because you can get to the story and the world after you get players um, signed up all right now this the second kind of grouping of tips is about consideration um, and if anybody has any questions or if I'm going too fast please drop in comments um, I'm liking what I've seen in the chat so far but as always please um, stop me if I'm going too fast or rambling too much but Consideration, section number two for my thesis on lifting up and vanishing is being considerate of your players is a huge part of lifting them up and vanishing. And there's elements to how a GM can facilitate that consideration. And the very first one, and I've talked about this before in other videos, but really easy one to do is quick turns. Okay, Consideration is keeping in mind what the other uh, players experiences are and so being considerate is being almost empathetic being aware and quick turns is a sign that I'm considering the other players time I'm considering their experience at the table and making sure that hey you guys have set aside time to come play with me at the table and experience this story together so I'm gonna be considerate of your guys's time and make sure that I am taking only the amount of time that I need to run my turn. And I'm hopefully going to be keep it quick because you guys are the stars. I'm going to give you guys more time for this game, especially the fact that I'm there's one GM and four players. So keeping as much time on the player side of the table is is just a huge consideration to their time and their their experience. So quick turns. Many of this happens because if you if you want quick turns it's being aware of how many elements you have on the table how many dials and levers you have to pull each round making sure that you're not overwhelming um, or overfilling or biting off more than you can chew each round and trying to simplify things a horde is a good example of this if i want to run a horde of a hundred zombies i don't run a hundred literal zombies and make a hundred literal attack rolls a considerate and thoughtful GM will find ways to facilitate and turn that into something that's much simpler so that we can get the feel of a horde of zombies but not have to roll a hundred times because that would be insane and I don't know if I could do it <laughs> um, so quick turns then some other things and this is actually some stuff that um, I got I've you know was very well said in Hankrin's latest blog post but it's something that i've known for a long time and it's the idea of the first one is explicit explanation okay consideration for your players includes making sure that they understand what is going on at all times and i know as a gm it's sometimes really tempting because you think hey i'm going to keep this kind of secret and vague because i'm hoping for this sort of like reveal later on 
but in the reality that reveal is never as satisfying as players who are fully informed are and so explicit explanations um is really helpful so whatever's going on like be explicit in your explanation um like hankerin hankerin said for, for he kind of talked about like muddy rolls like the kind of things where you roll so fast or you make a lack of clarity for these for these rolls and then you roll but there doesn't have as much impact on the table um same thing applies to us as gms when we're explaining the, the rules or the setting or the room or, or whatever so the first you know make sure that you're, you have clarity in what's going on you guys are in this room there is you know it's a far distance to the far side it's uh you've got this different kind of of architecture going on there's a few things you can see a far on one side there's a single orc standing the thing he has a bow and he looks like he's he's about to shoot if you guys get any closer like making sure all of that is is very clear and then also if like trying to get a balance with your players to make sure like not every single inch is explained jd also put this in his uh interview i'm pulling from a lot of resources guys jd put this in his in his his interview the other day where it's like we can be clear but how clear do we need to be and working on this is enough information like we don't need to hash out every single descriptive detail to make decisions just try to try to find a balance between you and your players on what works and what's enough but being very clear with it and if there is something that you want to be secret or hidden like be clear about that hanker gave an example i'm about to make this roll you guys don't know what it is but we're, we're gonna find out in a couple rounds i'm gonna roll out in the open we're gonna mark it mark the result clearly this is what it was and then when it comes up i'm gonna tell you exactly when it comes up and what happens based off that roll like that level of clarity can help players understand that this role matters that this thing is important um and it can make sure that they are still experiencing the, the game at the highest level and not being distracted going wait a second he just rolled three dice over there and then wrote something in his journal i have no idea what it is but then you never and then you never know if you actually get a payoff you never know if you actually get benefit you know a benefit from that you never know what to worry about and you get it just slightly distracted and you're not you're you're pulling attention away from the game and you're pulling attention to your secrecy and and whatever the other thing is being patient with yourself and being patient with what's going on um making sure that you're not rolling so hasty or you, you the moments have their time in the sun or to breathe I, I I struggle with this like with RP moments like I have to be patient sometimes and be like let them talk for a second let them interact with the NPC let them explore and discuss and be patient um, and not just you know at, at, you know demanding that we keep the metal to the the pedal to the metal is also a really important consideration is be, being patient to a point sometimes you do have to move along we've got time and and things like that. Uh, the last one for considerations that I want to point out, and again, this came from the same article, is the idea of a check-in um, with your players. And this is simply the concept of, um, hey, are you guys still with me? Do we still understand what's going on? And doing that regularly throughout your session is just checking in, going like, are we clear on what the objective is right now? Do you guys, did you guys catch that there's only three rounds left before 
before the timer hits and then this is going to happen are you guys aware of that um uh are you aware are, are you guys still with me in in knowing that like yes there's this entire room but this thing over here is really the thing that should you know to be interacted with like doing a check-in is a great consideration for gms for their players is because you are staying constantly aware of what your players experiences are as well as you can address anything in the moment that your players may may come up with oh yeah like i didn't i forgot about the timer thanks for reminding me that changes how i want to i want to i want to plan out my turns like oh great oh i didn't see that you know or, or like yeah i remember that orc i yeah he's he, what you said he's only at one health i thought he was still at like 13 or 12 or you know was like no he's at one oh, okay i yeah I totally missed that these check-ins are great opportunities for players to ask questions, to get clarification, and it's for you to to test the waters um, with your players and just lift them up a little bit more whenever there is something. And it, and when they do, when you say, "Hey, are you guys still with me?" and then they're like, "Yeah, we're totally in this," and then you can bump up the energy like, "Sweet, well, let's do this. Let's you know drive in, drive it home, and and really dive into what they're excited about." So being considerate. For your players is having quick turns being very explicit with your explanation um, and then doing check-ins with um with your with your players regularly throughout the session it can be simple it can be whatever now the last thing that i want to talk about before we open this up for some discussion if needed or some questions is the side of the players i know we've talked about the gm a lot and this principle is very gm's focus is gm's oath but inside the gm's oath is i feel the player's oath and in all honesty i think there are three principles of that apply to players as well as the uh well i mean there's there probably all could be but there's three primary principles and it's i will remember everything is you know one for a player the i will be a beacon of camaraderie is another one for players but i will lift them up and, and vanish is is another one that i think is very player centric as well it can be spun towards the players and i want to talk about that for a second because i think it's important for us as gms and as players because many of us do both um, when we get the opportunity many of us also you know gm a lot but sometimes we do get to be players this idea of lifting up and vanishing as a player is also really key and it can help boost the table um the th the three things that i want to kind of show tell you how or what's what's kind of done is the the first one is getting getting in sync with your table again great comment from jd and the, the ultimate effort conversation and why i'm pulling this in is getting in sync with your table is a huge element to lifting up your table and your gm um a ton because we're all searching for things we're all looking for an experience and we're all we all want to be on the same page when it comes to what this game or this session is about and so doing our darndest to get in sync with the gm with the other players the session itself the objective can really elevate and lift up the uh lift up the experience that we're having and then it can also you know we lift lift that up and then we vanish ourselves because we are all in this together and we kind of are in as a group moving forward getting in sync with your players and the table is about is really done by communicating being very open and honest with what what is going on that explicit explanation comes into play 
making sure that we understand this is we're we're aiming for a a fast-paced com combat-centric adventure, or this is a role-playing adventure. This is a moment for discussion. This is a moment for action. You know, all those kind of things. Hey, I'm looking for something a little lighter on the the, the tone. I'm looking for something a little bit more gritty. I'm looking for something a little darker. I'm looking for something a little more comedic. Like open communication is really key, and this happens a lot in session zero, but it should be happening between sessions, at the sessions, you know, beginning and it should be happening and we should be always communicating with our players and our other uh, our fellow players in the GM about what we're what we're experiencing so that we can stay in sync. And you can like I said, you can always do a check-in. You can always just be like, "Hey guys, are we are we still are we still like thinking we're going to do like we're still going in here like guns blazing, swords drawn, like that's what we're we're aiming for?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're totally going in there to like smash, smash and grab. Awesome, great. Lonely into that. Hey, are we still doing that? No, 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 no. Hold on. Before you do that, we're we're actually thinking that we're going to RP our way out of this. Awesome. Let me uh, change my change my focus, and I'll put my sword away quietly, and I will prepare to talk. I guess. <laughs> but yeah. So getting in sync. They. Um, Next one is just remembering, and this kind of gets in sync, is that it's not about you personally. It's like we're about heroes. Um, this is comes from as well as like, yes, um, there's a classic um, like Jurassic Park. You know, you spent so much time thinking, you know, you spent so much time thinking if you could do it that you didn't stop to think if you should. I feel that that is a classic sentiment that should be felt by players almost at all times just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do something and it comes back to consideration it comes back to lifting up your gm lifting up your fellow players like we get it we get it don't spend so much time thinking if you could that you didn't stop to at least consider if you should and if it is something that you really want to do and you think that would be cool or whatever that is a great time to talk and say it would be cool if we could do this. I really am excited about this aspect and I can get in sync with my players and I get in sync with the, t the table if I stop and think if I should. Because maybe the answer is yes, maybe the answer is no. You can always put that idea in your back pocket and save it for later, but you can also ask and maybe they'll say, hey, that's actually awesome, I didn't think about that. Sweet, let's do it. So taking that, taking that in mind, no, it's not about you personally, but always considering just because you can do something doesn't mean you should and how that implies into the game. All right, now the last the last one, and this is maybe a little tricky um, at times, but it is the concept of shadow GMing. Um, the concept of a shadow GM is someone where the GM has a lot of stuff going on as it is, and so a shadow GM is someone who takes, uh, you know, takes some consideration and tries to lift up their GM in a way to help kind of facilitate. Um, obviously, there's a there's a risk of like stepping on toes here. And so, again, you have to talk with your GM, seeing if it's OK. But a really good example of this is that if there is like a rules question from a player like offering to be like hey can you guys explain to me like how like ultimate effort works again like is do i do it this like how am i doing that 
and if the gm is in the middle of like having this exchange or or, or this combat or or whatever um with the, with another player you can be like like before the gm answers like hey like i can explain it if that's if you're cool with that and then we can have this like side conversation for a second and you can help facilitate um facilitate that or like trying to trying to make sure that you you kind of again it's it's kind of tricky because you do have to work with your gm on this one to make sure that that you're not over like you're not overstepping your bounds on this one because they are the gm so you have to be respectful of their quote-unquote authority at the table but essentially a shadow gm is someone who is willing and able to take on some responsibilities off the shoulders of the gms um if you another good example is like hey i'm gonna track damage for these monsters for you like i'm gonna track it for it so it's like great thank you i totally support that or it's like hey i'm gonna keep track of the names of the npcs i'm gonna need the, the mapper the, 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 the is another good one but like there's elements of the gm is trying to do and as a, a player if you want to lift up your your gm a little bit more you can always offer to take on some responsibilities and this is something that all players can do so shadow gming it's it's a bit tricky you, you do have to work with your gm to make sure it's all on the up and up but overall can be a way that players can lift up the gm and vanish in the background as well as like lifting up the table by getting in sync and considering whether you could or should do something it's not about you personally as well as the other stuff that's kind of we've talked about with consideration and making it about the players hopefully that all was applicable useful advice i think it is it's helped me a ton in my games uh, i didn't learn all these at once it comes with practice and effort to try to implement these things over time and so for me taking elements of these would be you know try to implement them one one at a time until you're comfortable and get them on your dash your your uh, your gm dashboard try to become familiar with what they mean what they mean to you how they work with your players and your table and then facilitate that so that you can take those into future sessions um it's it's a huge it's a huge thing when as a gm you lift your players up because they walk away so much higher and more excited from the experience than if you just drug them along through you know whatever you you know whatever you wanted and never considered what their experience was like you want to have a session every session to be something where they're excited and if you lift them up you can get so much closer and so much you can facilitate that experience so much easier when you lift them up and make that a focus of your GMing. Um, and that's that's just something I truly believe in. So let's, uh, let's open it up. If you guys have any questions or if anybody wants to have any comments, we can pull you onto the stage and we can chat about things or you can drop it into the chat as always. We can discuss uh, what, I've, what I've presented and your experience as well. Um, otherwise, I will practice sitting in silence for a few minutes for closing. All right. Hey, Chris, welcome to the stage. Hey, good morning. I hope I'm coming in okay. Yep, it's sounding good to me. Uh, this has been a really excellent presentation. I really uh, I liked it because I think this is a 
part of the oath that could be its own series if you really wanted to if you really you could easily unpack this into several episodes and you had done a really good job of keeping it succinct to the point and actionable and particularly the uh, section two on your considerations of your players and and uh and the game as a gm so well done on that thank you Uh, my uh only uh note on that one point was just something that uh I have learned in practical experience uh, just from uh, sitting in on a lot of your early morning game uh, back during campaigns and stuff like that where it's like, okay, Kane's got to go to work in two and a half hours. So that means we got less than two and a half hours to get something done. And it's about those quick turns in addition to just watching how you keep things really uh, moving and being snappy. But uh, Mm -hmm. just if you do the math, if you sit down for a typical session that's less than three hours in length like that, a two and a half hour game, you got four players in a GM. That's that's 120 seconds per turn if you're going to get through, say, 15 rounds of play, which is pretty typical. That's about the rate that we were doing. And uh, that's just the kind of thing that I sometimes will even state explicitly uh, in a session zero or as we're starting a one-shot with a group, just so they have a rough idea of that's less than a uh, than a boggle timer, you know, <laughs> for yeah. each turn to go around. And I think that that actually helps if people realize that, okay, uh, I really want to RP this out with something. And fortunately, the shadow who was ahead of me, just his turn was, yeah, I continue picking the lock and he rolls a D6 and everything's good. Yeah, then you got a little flexibility. But otherwise, mm-hmm. concretizing uh, just how uh, imperative uh, being mindful of each turn is to keep the pace helps a group keep the pace and Mm -hmm. uh i think that can be a a a real nice thing that a game master can do for the players to make sure that everybody gets an equal opportunity and that you're able to deliver that closure that satisfying narrative in a short amount of time absolutely i mean that's you're absolutely right i think that touches on being in sync with your table that sometimes with you know obviously the quick turns but consideration um, and being explicit, being you know, explaining that like this is what we're dealing with, guys. So, I'm I'm hoping if we want to get through this, like this is what we're planning for, planning on. Like, well said. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, when when I saw that this was the uh, the part of the oath that was coming up, uh, you know, the the other big thing for me, which I guess is more of a philosophical question, and I really would like to hear what other people think about it. Uh, is just a question of, I think the question that you have to ask when you talk about uh, I will lift them up and vanish and lifting people up and lifting the game, using the game to lift people up is to say, what do we as a group of players, GM included, consider fun? You know, mm-hmm. And why do we consider, uh, why do we seek out that fun by playing RPGs with other people? I think I think those are those are big central questions to at least consider because I think there are two key factors that uh, that uh, that are that are important in having a good RPG game and a good RPG session that are related to how we derive fun from it. And one is the satisfaction of our own egos. I think we all bring it to the table either as a player or a GM. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, players want to be able to. Do cool stuff. Do epic stuff with the, you know, in the game. Have those 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 cinematic shining moments, uh, or these 
really immersive moments in the narrative that has twists and turns. GMs want to uh, put a world out there that feels real, is exciting, and is challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the kind of thing that can be satisfied, you know, especially that I think, and I think particularly in our little corner of the Runeverse, our Runehammer community, we really like to have epic characters and we really like to have, you know, I'm a badass GM, I can do this thing. I think it's a big thing for us. And, and that can sometimes get in the way of the other key factor, which I think is, is a trust between mm-hmm. uh, players and GMs, you know, adversarial relationships between GMs and players goes back as far as Gygax. But I think that it's important to remember that that goal is what I think the goal of this lifting them up and vanish is uh, is creating that trust relationship where you the players are going to trust that the GM is going to set up opportunities for them to do cool stuff even if they don't know where that is and they don't necessarily need to bulletproof themselves against so many things because those opportunities in a well-designed session are going to come about and GM need to trust that players are going to swallow the hook that they are going to within reason while still co-creating the story uh, that they are going to take the seeds that are sown and make something amazing out of them and I think that converting the fun derived from the ego aspects to the trust and the collaborative aspects should be the goal of every GM and I think that's what your outline is going to help people do for sure yeah excellent excellent points and, and very well said Chris oh, thank you all right Merle welcome to the stage did you have comments uh direct to uh, what Chris has been saying or uh not specifically I guess it uh gave me a little kick in the head about the uh lifting players up and uh about doing that in the midst of failure because i i've seen in many games um i've seen gms and players both like when someone fails at something uh a tendency to move toward their suddenly becoming incompetent mm-hmm. uh, and I think part of lifting up the players is maintaining the fiction that their PC is working hard and knows what they're doing mm-hmm. even when things don't go their way yeah absolutely um, and I just thought of that as a an important aspect of keeping the players lifted up is that even when they roll that one like that's not you know oh the thief suddenly began like forgot how to sneak it's that they slipped on something like there was something that they could not have foreseen which has given them away yeah no and I, I absolutely agree like in that moment it's yeah they slipped on something or they they put their foot down in the floorboard creaked so much louder than they than all you know everything else and now the question is is like what are you going to do you're you're a master thief like they everyone's looked at you and you you're caught in the crosshairs mm-hmm. ah it's quick you have a, you know, a chance for you know i agree like lifting them up so that those 
failure moments are not destructive to a player's experience. Well, and it doesn't break the mood at the table. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, like, you're a, a butterfingers now. Woohoo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, a, yeah, consideration to what you're explaining, how you're explaining these roles and is is a huge thing. I know for me, it's like, I've, I've felt that where it's like, oh, I'm, I have just failed roll after roll. The dice go cold and it's like, ah, oh, I can't do jack, but I still want to feel epic. <laughs> yeah. And that can be, I think that's a challenge for everyone, but I think modeling that sort of behavior as a GM, because sometimes I want the player to describe what they're doing, mm -hmm. but I'm a little bit hesitant when they screw up if I haven't already uh, established that, that sort of model, that behavior for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, still being a competent person, mm -hmm. even when failure arises. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree on that one. And that's, uh, you bring up good, a really good point in that we can model so much for our players to, to emulate and kind of set the tone for how we want things to, to kind of go down. You know, it comes, you, you see this, you can see, like, with comedy, you can see, like, the GM can set the, the comedic tone. It's like, oh, we're going to be really funny. We're going to say jokes. And then everyone kind of lean in that word. It's like, oh, I'm going to set the tone for something more serious. But like you said, you can set the tone for descriptions, how you want things to land, how you want them to be perceived as well. That's, it's tricky, but it's a, it's a good thing to keep in mind and practice. Perfect, well, thank you. Any other comments from, from you, Moral, or you, Chris? No, thank you. Oh, thank you. I think you did a great job, thanks again. Perfect, thanks, Chris. Okay. Uh, any other comments? Anybody else have uh, anything they want to add or share, um, either in the comments or up here on the stage? If not, uh, as always, we can continue having these conversations on the, the kiln. And I just want to thank everyone for coming and listening in. Um, you are all just wonderful players and excellent GMs. There's always things to continue working on, but the fact that you're here sharing this moment on this workshop with me is just, it's, it means a lot. And I thank you all uh, for it. So with that, I encourage you all to take part in what you, you know, in what we talked about today, find ways that you can lift up your players and be excited, especially with a, with a rune jammer going this weekend. Um, I know some of us are involved with that, um, both as organizers, as GMs, potentially even players. So I wish anyone who's participating in that luck. And I am so excited for all the adventures um, that's gonna happen this weekend and further on. So share share, uh, share the stories, lift up your players. And I just um, wanna thank you everybody. So let's head back to the kiln, get back to our projects, get back to our game prep, uh, all that kind of stuff that we've got going on, whether that's for Rune Jammer or not. Uh, there's so much going on and uh, we're all in this. Here's keep your fires burning everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>